Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Good morning. It is Monday, May 8th. It is six minutes after nine. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So some clouds this morning and we could see some strong to severe storms this evening. So keep it right here. We'll get you updated as the weather progresses throughout the day. So it was a big day for big hats. The coronation of King Charles III happened on Saturday, a historic day. He was crowned monarch of the United Kingdom of Britain and Northern Ireland, a ceremony steeped in tradition and pageantry. So I was working at my other job Saturday morning and I had the television on because I thought, well, while this will be excruciatingly painful to sit through, I'm going to do that for the goodness of this show so we can have a reasonable, intelligent conversation about this. But first, weren't you struck by the kind of overall lack of fanfare for this thing? It did seem kind of down. I mean, in terms of media publicity, now, you are a little more seasoned than me, so you were alive for the uh, Charles-Diana wedding, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, what was that, 1982? Is mm-hmm. that right? Yeah. I was not... I was you weren't not, around. I was not a part of that, but I'm told that was the biggest thing yeah. in the history of ever, and there were a gajillion people who watched it, and women wept in the streets, and just all sorts of great events of the 20th century, that would be one of them. Yes, I was a young girl, and I woke up early to watch it. Now, you would think if though if a wedding for a group of people who were not the king and queen would be that big, that then the actual king being coronated, and the first time there was a coronation in 70 years, mm-hmm. you would think that that would have had a lot more fanfare. But as I was watching the events unfold, I thought to myself, it really does tell you what a complete a-hole much of the world thinks Charles is. Well, a wedding is a time of celebration, right? And the coronation had much more of a religious undertone. Not that weddings do as well, but it was just a different ceremony if you're comparing the two. I think the coronation is a much more somber, more serious event. Is it because women are super super gullible and... The Diana thing was like believe the, the fairy the, tale. Yeah, the little girl that they all all she was what every little girl wanted to be. Is that why it was so big? I think so. Yes, uh, a woman ending up marrying the prince and I mean, but going, he's a, he's a total zero. They're gonna live happily ever after until he, they don't. He looks like a total zero though. I mean, he, he did he look kind of dour. He looked like a total zero at that wedding ceremony forty plus years ago, and she was way out of his league. I saw reports that he was cranky even waiting to get out of. Of the carriage before the ceremony because apparently William and Kate were running a little late. Oh, sure. So he sat there in the carriage complaining, oh, we can never be on time. Yeah. Not even to my own coronation. But you say uh, a lot of people weren't interested in it. 14 million people did watch it on the BBC. Well, that seems like in terms of the, the is that U.S. people or that's just total? That's total on the BBC. That seems like a very small amount of people to me for something that is that at least on the surface, monumental. Mm -hmm. So a couple things. One, Charles and that woman, I'm not, she's not a queen. What is she? She's just. She was crowned the queen. She is a queen. 
Queen Camilla. Well, she, there is no way I'll ever call her that, but whatever she is. She's it, the other lady, it, the side piece. Yeah, the side piece. There you go. Hope for all other women yeah. across the world. Right. Think about that. Just he, hold on long enough. He gave up Diana for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. If you are an available woman out there and you believe it is hopeless, just remember, men make very stupid decisions every single day, and the level of stupidity in terms of choosing women often seems to know no bounds and if you need further proof realize charles gave up diana for that hag he could have just stood his ground when he was younger and told his family this is the woman i want just let us be together well they both looked like they were nine billion years old (laughs) i mean like i know the queen was old you know in the latter years of her life she didn't move as well but there was something almost charming because she was such a it appeared by all accounts a genuinely friendly person who did like other people who was you know didn't let the aura of the office change who she was as a human does it mean she was jackie gleason up there on stage no but she seemed like a person you know the famous thing about her taking the photos of other people and them not knowing it's her and just a very kind of down-to-earth person he just strikes me as so miserable and horrific. And I'm watching this thing going, this is a, what is he, 74-year-old man? or Yeah, yeah I think he's 74. Mm-hmm. And his loser, pathetic wife, <laughs> who are given they, this. Are you saying they have not rehabilitated her reputation? I just, I'm watching this thing, and it is so tiresome, and it is so interesting on how his coronation kind of coincides with what we are dealing with in this country in regards to our president and it's like if you live there and i get that they don't have near the power the royal family doesn't have near the power they once did in terms of you know they're not cutting people's heads off in london tower you know etc but they're still the face of your nation Mm -hmm. they're still when the people think of you know england they don't think of the prime minister oftentimes. Now, maybe they did during the days of Margaret Margaret Thatcher or Winston Churchill. But they think of whoever the king or queen of England is. And it's this guy who looked like he could barely keep his eyes open. Well, he probably could. All of those robes and everything are heavy. It's a very long day, a long weekend for them. They're in the spotlight nonstop. That's got to be nerve-wracking. And for somebody who's 74 years old... Probably. Uh, let's just get it over with. He had been waiting for 70 years. Isn't that also pathetic that his whole life was about this one event? And by the time he is able to accept the honors or receive the honors or whatever word they use for that, uh, he's so old and tired that he looks like he's miserable that he's getting <laughs> he just it. Wants, you know, I think the interesting part about this is, you know, in I think it was 1953 when Queen Elizabeth yes. was crowned. She became queen in 52 mm-hmm. and then the coronation, coronation was 53. Was 53. Right. They were questioning whether they were going to broadcast that on TV. Now imagine had they not back then. Right. The one that we saw on Saturday would have been the first one broadcast ever. Well, and it, it sounds like from if you read history reports, the the coronation of the Queen of England in 1953 was a markedly better attended event and had a lot more pomp and circumstance and a lot more hype for it than this thing. And I think it's just a reflection on him. I think he knows what the people of that country actually think about him. The... the 
you know, it probably people in death are often far more revered than they were in life. It's why John Kennedy is remembered as a great president, etc. I mean, Jim Morrison died fat and on the run in a bathtub in another country, but look at how revered he is. Um, if he had lived, he probably would have spent much of the rest of his life in a prison somewhere. But the point is, Diana has become this almost unfallible figure who there's no way he can ever refute that because obviously she's not here so he can never push back on anything about her and so he knows what people think of him Mm -hmm. what did you think about harry being there he was three rows back off to the side he showed up he smiled he left Uh, i have never seen a more dour group of people be at what is something described as a celebration and i'm saying the military people the religious people him, mm-hmm. Charles, his son. Yeah. The only one that looked like he was having a good time was the the boy, Kate and William's boy, who's the, always a... The third yeah, child, the youngest. Who's always a just giant ball of energy. And um, see, that's the sort of person that needs to be king. <laughs> he, well, I don't know if that's going to happen. What is he, fourth in line, fifth in line? Uh, William and Kate, I thought, looked very regal. With the red and blue, and she was wearing a tiara. He's so bald, though. Doesn't that just take a look? I mean, look, and I could say this as somebody who was going bald, and then thanks to We Grow Hair Indy, I am no longer going bald. You can't look regal if you have thinning hair. Well, I'm just saying. Look, I mean, it's like, um, you know, I refuse to believe for a long time that Jeremy Piven had a toupee of some sort on because he's such a cool guy. And I used to fight with people about this. And then I saw old videos of him where he was clearly losing his hair. And then, yeah, he's got some sort of something. I don't know if it's still a toupee or whatever. Let's face it. Unless you're pulling off the Mr. Clean look, like, say, our friend Marcus Bailey right there at Wish TV. He does it fine. Or Vic Mackey on The Shield. Uh the bald is just it's not just it's just not a hip thing <laughs> i mean bruce willis fine vin diesel fine uh but the william look I, I don't know that's just it's not working for me there were at least 25 anti-monarchy activists that were arrested on saturday morning so out of an entire country only 25 hey what are we doing this morning well we're gonna go get arrested mm-hmm. at the the Qing, uh, king charles uh coronation yeah that'll, that's what we'll do today that'll show them what were they angry about about the monarchy the opulence oh just the, the idea that their tax money goes to some yes rich you know what who the influence the power the wealth uh-huh yeah, yeah oh well, I, maybe i'm on board with that i mean that <laughs> seems like something i would you do. would have been one of those 25 yes, absolutely. people yeah. if you ever left the country <laughs> 17 minutes after nine it's kendall and casey on 93 wibc whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. <laughs> 21 minutes after 9, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. <laughs> Big day for big hats. Okay, so we mentioned the coronation. On Sunday, there was the big concert that was staged on the grounds of Windsor Castle. It capped off a day of street parties and community lunches that they had all across the United Kingdom. Tom Cruise was there, or at least in video. He paid tribute to the king. It was all part of a prepackaged video. Here's what he had to say. Your Majesty, 
You can be my wingman anytime. Tom Cruise telling King Charles III he could be his wingman anytime. Of course, that happened during part of the coronation concert. Katy Perry was there, one of your faves. Lionel Richie was there as well performing. And the Muppets made an appearance as well. Also trending, well, this happened over the weekend. Big day for Big Hats. The 149th Kentucky Derby was on Saturday. Did you watch that? No, I was working. Oh, you missed another good race. I was driving Hammer's kid to the prom. Yeah, you have to tell us. Oh, how we that had went. a great time. It was fabulous. But no, I was uh, I was working and uh, Mage, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, big upset. Yeah, Mage was the winner. The horse entered the race with fifteen to one odds to win on Saturday. Ended up taking the run for the roses. Javier Castellano was riding. This guy is in the Jockey Hall of Fame. He's raced in the Kentucky Derby before, had never won, so he finally won the Derby as a jockey. Interesting thing. Well, let's take a listen to the final uh, final furlough. Empire is putting in his run and there's one furlough to run. Two fills on the inside. Trying to hold up Mage. Mage is taking the lead here. Is they coming to the final 16th? And it is going to be Mage to win the Kentucky Derby. And then it was two fills, Angel of Empire and a photo of this arm was fourth. Mage has done So I did not pick Mage at all, was not even on my radar. I had picked the horse Hit Show for us, came in fifth. At one point, Hit Show was in second, and I thought, oh my gosh, Hit Show's going to do it. And then, no, Mage came out of nowhere and uh, ended up winning. But the interesting thing to note about that horse, it was part of a fractional investment. Oh, There were, what? 90 some people who owned part wow. of that horse. Yeah. And according to Action Network, Commonwealth owners are going to be paid $94.52 a share. How much? On t- $94.52 a share for the win on top of any betting that they did on the you know, horse. You it, know, it is interesting too because certainly I would say over probably the last, I don't know five or six years. I mean, there are certain events. Obviously, the Super Bowl is sort of the marquee sports event in America, which everybody participates in it in some shape, form, and fashion. But then there are sporting events which even people who are not super into sports Mm -hmm. because of the pageantry and history associated with said event will watch and and participate in some level and the, the kind of the three that really come to mind to me and it's interesting because they're all niche sports but yet their marquee event kind of def- really does attract people from a wide swath of society Indianapolis 500 mm-hmm. and certainly with the resurgence post 100th running of the Indianapolis 500 we've seen that the Kentucky Derby and then I think the third one is the Masters in oh, golf, yeah. in which regular people who do not normally participate in sports or watching sports or betting on sports will become a part of those things. And it's wild because those three sports, golf, horse racing, and auto racing, are you know niche sports. They're not no, one of the big three. Not the mainstream. I did have a mint julep. Oh. 
on Saturday while I was watching the race and decided that I don't really like mint julep. Oh, you never had one before? <laughs> no, I have had one before. It's been a while, but then I had another one. Did you uh, make it yourself? It, it was pre-made. It oh, came in a yeah. maker's mark. It's sure. already got all the mint and the oh, yeah. simple syrup no, in you, there. You got to have some guy named Jeebs make it for you. <laughs> in that way, it'll be better. So next year is the 150th Kentucky Derby, and they're already starting renovation at Churchill Downs. Hey, when we come back. Yeah. Tucker Carlson is reportedly going to go all out to take down Fox News to get out of this contract. Won't I, that be fun to see? I think this is super fascinating what the, the new report is out on this. Yeah, we'll get into it coming up. It's 93 WIBC. He's getting paid $20 million a year to not work. Sounds like a pretty good deal to me. Good morning. It is 933. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So Tucker Carlson preparing a fight against Fox News to get out of his current contract in which they're paying him $20 million to not work. Isn't this fascinating? We talked about this on Friday, and here is what I have made very clear to my employer, um, who are very nice to me. But in exchange for taking seven cents an hour to work here, I (laughs) agreed that I would be paid for a lengthy period of time if they ever told me I was no longer needed to work here. Mm -hmm. And so let me be as clear to them as I possibly can. If indeed you do send me on my merry way, and that's fine, it happens to all of us in radio at some point, you will not be getting any early exit for me. (laughs) You people will be paying me until the very last check is possible to be cashed, Mm -hmm. because why would you work Yeah, if you could just sit at home? Yeah. Be like being a welfare person for all for a whole long period of time for me. So here's Tucker Carlson. He wants to get out of this contract so that he can possibly build his own media empire. I don't know, $20 million. I think you'd see me riding off into the sunset. Well, and now they're saying he really... So apparently his contract runs through next year. Mm -hmm. So there were kind of reports were all over the map. His contract runs through next year. So conceivably, if you say, hey, he's making $20 million or whatever it is a year, he would basically end up getting paid more than $30 million to not work. Right. To not have his voice be heard. Why are we even having a conversation here? <laughs> you think the choice no, is clear? You, you know no one loves hearing their own voice more than me. However, for $30 million... I'll just shut up now. Right. I'll just go away (laughs) quietly into the night. So it's being reported that Tucker and Elon Musk had a conversation about working together. So what, does he need Elon money to help build his empire? Well, so this will be very fascinating, but apparently he is going to, he is going to, you know, pull out all the stops uh, to try to make this happen. I don't know, you know, it's not exactly clear what it is that he's going to do in order to leverage this. I mean, they've got, you know, the thing about these contracts, it's like you give up something to get something. And the give up is they're pretty ironclad. They can pay you not to work. Okay. But you're getting paid not to work. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know if it's going to be, uh, look, I'm going to make your lives hell on a, you know, media circuit tour. You know, I, I don't know exactly what he has at his disposal, But, dude, why don't you just take about six months and think about it? Right. Take a beat. So, Megyn Kelly's audience is calling Fox News Fox Wiser, (laughs) which is a combination of the Budweiser and Fox. I don't know. If he decides to do it, he could buy David Letterman's home base interview desk, which is currently 
for sale on Heritage Auctions How much? for $100,000. That's it? Yeah, you get the interview desk, you get the dimensional skyline buildings, the elevated train track, and also all the set elements. R- remember the when- chair, chairs and microphone, all of it. Remember when Kramer found the Merv Griffin studio yes, in a and dumpster? Yes, his own talk show. <laughs> we could do that here. <laughs> we have to go to a break. Do you, <laughs> eat some chips. Do you think Urban One would be willing to buy that for us? Because I, uh, it, for those of you who have never watched us on the YouTube, which you can do, just put Kendall and Casey in your YouTube browser, you will see I have a, the same sign behind me every single day that I bring in. It says, my governor is an idiot. <laughs> And then at the bottom of it, pure moron. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like it might spiffy up the show a little bit if we, if we had, had a the, set. If we had the Letterman set. Yeah. Well, Tucker Carlson, he really doesn't need a set, does he? Because he already has his home base. So he doesn't really need to go anywhere or do anything. My, how the world has changed because many of the premier, certainly online content creators, like a Daily Wire, it's basically just them sitting at a desk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you, you know, I think in some cases you can see what's going on behind them, but in many cases, people don't care anymore. Just offer some halfway decent the, lighting. The, 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 the Zoom world has changed everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't, you don't, you can do quality interviews. You don't even need to be in person anymore. We've totally kind of dumbed Tony it down. Tony Katz proves that. Well, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, so good, good luck, Tucker. Uh, if you need another friend, I'm here for you. <laughs> Just don't come into radio, especially 9 until noon. He has been contacted by Newsmax and also Rumble. Uh, I'm sure he has, and I'm sure he looked at them and said, you see how much I'm getting paid to not work? <laughs> to not do anything. Hey, let's talk about Joe Rogan. He's blasting the Democrats for refusing to allow Biden to debate. Yeah, so this is interesting, right? Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is running for president on the Democrat side. You also well, have that Marianne Williamson. Right, And so, but while not, I mean, Robert F. Kennedy is not polling at 40%, there are uh, now, I believe, multiple polls that show him in double digits. He clearly has somewhere of about 15-ish percent support of Democrats, which makes you a viable uh, person. I mean, is he going to be the presidential nominee? No. But the Democrats have said absolutely, without a doubt, without discussion, we are not going to facilitate. The Democrat Party has said, Joe Biden is our nominee. I mean, they're admitting the system is rigged in favor of one guy. Don't even bother running. And we're not going to host any debates because we're not going to, we know you're going to hurt Joe Biden. That's all you're going to do up there is you're going to point out what a feeble, absent-minded old man Joe Biden is, and we're not going to allow that to happen. So they said, we're just not going to host any debates. Yeah. And right now his polling is at 36%. Yes. Low, low, low. I mean, uh, and normally you would think, hey, if you're in trouble, you would want to be seen. You would want an opportunity to have free media. You'd want to have an opportunity to have, hey, there's a debate tonight and the president's going to be a part of it and the eyes of the world would be upon you. But again, if you can't form three sentences together, then you probably don't want that. Yeah. Well, let's take a listen to see what uh, Joe Rogan had to say about it. It's it's really hard to run a country and most people aren't very good at it. Just, just how it goes. There's very few people that are actually good at it, and it's very clear that this country is being run by a bunch of people other than just the president. I mean, I don't know how much say he has, but it's a lot of other people are involved, and they're not doing such a great job. And they haven't made course corrections very good. There's a lot of mistakes that have been made that, that didn't have to be made, and that's just how it is. It's just like it's not being run well. 
And so you have to go, well, who could do it better? Could it be a Republican or it could be a better Democrat? And if it's not a better Democrat, like, how are we going to get a better Democrat if you don't let the president debate? So they won't let him debate yeah. because Robert Kennedy Jr. and what is that other woman's name? Marion Williamson. Marion Williamson, apparently, they're, they're both uh, promising candidates for the Democratic Party, but they won't let him debate before the primaries. Mm. So it's like, that's not that Democratic. Like, that's not how it's supposed to do but, it. Yeah. I, I, to... I agree with you. I... But you see this on the Republican side, too, where Trump is refusing thus far to even participate in the mm-hmm. debates. Now, at least that is not the party as a collective tipping the scale in one guy's favor. That's they're saying, look, if you don't want to show up, you don't want to show up. But it really is a sense of entitlement from these politicians, the front runners on both sides. And that is not what we should want as a society. We should want whoever's going to be the nominees for the party and certainly whoever's going to be the president to have gone in front of the nation and earned, you know, and earned a a, a mandate, earned the right to say, I told the people what I was going to do and let's go. I mean, and you're not getting this from either of the front runners. Right. And, you know, it's not going to have a whole lot of details, but at least it's them speaking on their own behalf. It's not very democratic to not let your guy debate. Do you think that uh, Trump would sign that loyalty letter? I don't think Trump's going to do anything because I think he believes he's invincible right now in a Republican primary. And that is where the voters have to let him know, no, while we may prefer you, you are not invincible and you do have to earn this nomination. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, uh, Title 42 mm-hmm. set to expire. There are now car- the caravans are back. The illegal immigrants know we're about to be open for business as a country. You've got Kirsten Cinema totally blasting Biden. You got Mayorkas uh, offering the most unreassuring reassurance ever. That guy's in denial. Oh my! And he is just. He's awful at lying. Mm -hmm. A lot of these politicians are really good at lying. He's terrible at lying. He's not one of them. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Good morning, 947. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Thank you for joining us this morning. You can follow along on YouTube if you'd like to watch. All you have to do is type in Kendall and Casey into the YouTube search bar. So Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, he distanced himself from the border crisis on Sunday. This was on uh, CBS's Face the Nation. He said that the country's immigration system has been broken since the 90s, and it's ultimately up to Congress. Congress to fix that. How about uh, him passing the buck? It ain't me, babe. Well, oh, it ain't me. Well, that's what he does. And this, so this is what's super interesting. And we're going to play. Well, actually, let's let's play some audio from him on Face the Nation, the DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. And then because this is all stemming from Title 42, which is the public health emergency, which they have used both the Biden and Trump administrations to basically expel people from the country. Mm-hmm. And think about how bad it's been even without this. The Biden, because he's totally beholden to the lunatic, maniac, no borders, uh, mass illegal immigration crowd, is set to let this thing expire. Um, it's like that commercial where the ant just keeps going, expired, expired. <laughs> um, and, and so now people in both parties know what's coming, and you're even seeing Democrats being like, whoa, dude. And 
he was on Face the Nation, he being Mayorkas, and this is the most unreassuring reassurance that everything's going to be okay. This is the greatest migration surge, you said, in the Western Hemisphere since World War II. And you've been preparing for more than a year and a half. How rough will the next few weeks be? You know, Margaret, we've been preparing uh, for this for more than a year and a half, you are correct. And it is indeed a regional challenge, and it requires a regional response, which is why we are working so closely with many countries to the south. It's going to take our plan a while to really take hold for people to understand that they can access lawful, safe, orderly pathways before they reach the border. He's talking about an app. They can access lawful pathways before. So get on your phone, (laughs) download the app, sign in, create an account, sign in, say, hey, I'm an immigrant and I want to come to the United States and this is what I'm bringing with me. And if you have seen how ridiculous what you're proposing, not that you're proposing it, they're proposing it, you're repeating their proposal, is there's, I mean, just video of just, I mean, it's like miles long lines of people who know what's about to happen. Yeah. And this is uh, another example of how the Democrat Party is wholly invested in mass illegal immigration because they believe it will create an entire generation of of reliably Democrat voters who are 100% dependent upon government services and as such they will pledge loyalty to the Democrat party. That's what this is about. They want chaos at the border. They being the Democrats. They being Biden. They being Mayorkas. They want chaos at the border because this country regularly proves we don't hold anyone accountable. We don't look at somebody unless it's Trump and his Twitter well then we have outrage over that but in terms of the actual actions of politicians we do not hold them accountable so they're mayorkas and biden and those people are going well it's totally worth the risk because we've been getting away with it for all this time why would people start holding us accountable now yeah over six million illegal aliens invading the country over 300 deaths per day from fentanyl poisoning thousands and thousands of thousands of children missing yet you know what they did just a reminder they shut down our country a couple years ago Our schools, our businesses, our churches, our parks over an emergency. Well, now there's an emergency, a humanitarian crisis. And are we shutting down the border? Well, mayorkas just keep saying it's not open. We never said it was open. It is proof. And we have said this for a very long time. Many of us have. COVID was proof about societal buy-in. And if society just refuses to buy into the bull crap of the politicians, then society can generally overwhelm the system. So let's look at it. You made a great point. Six point, well, more than that now, roughly six and a half million people have illegally entered this country the past three years, two years, Biden and President, two and a half years. They apparently didn't care about the COVID and just decided we're going to do what we're going to do and you ain't going to stop us compare and contrast that because those people have nothing to lose and will get a better life even if they're caught here illegally because of the government services they'll still be eligible for versus the life they fled compare that to the people who totally bought in to the covid mandate well i can't have my business be fine 
but he's destroying your business. Yeah, but I, I can't be fined. I can't pay that. So I'll, I'll shut my gym down. I'll shut my barber shop down. Yeah, but you're going out of business. Yeah, but I can't I can't be uh, I can't be fined. Uh, you know, businesses making people wear masks. Now, look, if you're going to enter a private business and they're making you wear a mask, you have the right not to enter that business. But the businesses did that out of fear, the societal buy in. And if everybody had just ignored these ridiculous edicts from people like Eric Holcomb and Joe Hogsett, which didn't keep one people one more person alive it didn't make one more person any more healthy covid did what every virus does it operated until natural immunity for many people set in the vaccine offered minimal help for a very short period of time the wearing of the mask did absolutely nothing the shutdowns did absolutely nothing the virus operated as virus viruses do but these people were allowed to put the power pants on because we as a society allowed it allowed it yeah so Kirsten Cinema, she and uh, Senator Tom Tillis of North Carolina, they introduced a bill last week, and that would allow the U.S. to expel migrants for two years after Titles 42 ends this week. Uh, well, they introduced it. I don't see mm-hmm. it uh, on anyone's desk for a signature right. uh, as of right now. Yeah. And uh, Kirsten Cinema, of course, you know, she just recently was another one of those people who was out on the uh, green dream and then, uh, like Joe Manchin, backpedaled and stabbed everyone in the back and and uh, voted for the uh, what they called the Inflation Reduction Act, which adds to the national debt. So that's wild. Um, but she is facing now, uh, she's now an independent um, because she knew she was going to lose in a Democrat primary. She now has a challenger on the Democrat side. She'll have a Republican challenger. She's up next year. So she's now very upset, despite teaming up with these people, putting them in positions of power. She's now very upset uh, about Biden uh, canceling Title 42. The Biden administration had two years to prepare for this and did not do so. And our state is going to bear the brunt and migrants will be in crisis as soon as next week. It will be a humanitarian crisis because we are not prepared. Uh, To quote the great Dr. Seuss and the Who's down in Whoville (laughs) all cried boo who. Mm -hmm. You did this, lady. These are your people. You've propped these people up. You don't get to complain about it now. You have been a part of this problem by enabling and emboldening emboldening these people for years. If you were so upset about this, why didn't you get this taken care of when you gave your vote away on the Green Dream? She doesn't care at all. She just has very stiff competition now from the left. Yeah, exactly. So now she's going to be a big fighter when it's her neck that's on the line. Absolutely. Okay, so let's talk about what's going on with Burger King. It's 9.55. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Burger King planning to shut down 400 U.S. locations. Competition from McDonald's and Chipotle. You know, I was driving by, I like Burger King. I was driving by Burger King yesterday, the one on Rockville Road, Uh and it looked like a ghost town in there. There was not a single car in the parking lot, not a single customer. I didn't even see a car for a potential employee. And I thought, oh, I wonder (laughs) if that one's closed already. But no. The open sign was lit. Uh, I do like the Brownsburg Burger King. I've been a staple of that for 35 plus years. I do like the Burger King because it is, as you alluded to, often less busy than a McDonald's. (laughs) Uh, And you can only go to Wendy's so many times before they 
get a restraining order against you. And so, yes, and Burger King has, Casey, they have, up to their coupon game mm-hmm. recently. There was some mailer coupons that went out that have been very valuable for people like me. And they do have some regular specials in there that they've invented. So clearly Burger King in uh, a bit of trouble across the fruited plane. Yeah, it's uh, it has to do with two of their largest franchisees oh. closing some of the stores. And in the first quarter of this year, they already closed 124 locations. And now they're expected to close 400 more. So which do you like better? You like the Burger King? You like McDonald's? I wouldn't even put Chipotle in the same no. category. Burger King food, I think, is better than McDonald's. Kurt Darling agrees. He's giving a thumbs up. Yeah. Flimboiled, yeah. right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Good morning.